yes, the dulcet tones of fish here on the Check Your Brain podcast. Hi, everybody. It's uh, Tony Mazur. The, uh, I'm putting this out here on my Patreon, but if you want to subscribe to my Patreon, for those of you who subscribe, thank you so much. Just five bucks a month. If you haven't subscribed, I'm putting this podcast out the week after for free. So, because why not? Let's uh, try to get more of an audience here. Try to get a couple of extra people paying for my uh, alcoholism. <laughs> We're going to talk about that here in a second, truly. But uh, thanks, everyone, for listening and subscribing to this fine, fine podcast. Playing a little fish here for my good friend Ryan Lang, who is in my studio here. And the reason I play that, obviously, you're a fish fan. Yes. And before we... Before we get to everything else I want to talk about, I have the top 10 favorite fish songs by fish fans. I guarantee Farmhouse is not on that list. It is. Is it really? So this is why I was wondering if it is indeed (laughs) fish fans or people who claim they like fish. Okay. You know, you see all these ridiculous lists and they say, yeah, no, those aren't real fans. (laughs) Like, I, I actually saw this one the other day, and this is from the 2010s, the top rock songs of the decade okay and all of them are like this is barely rock yeah for example three 21 pilot songs are in the top 10 what three i couldn't name three 21 portugal the man then the shut up and dance i know that song what was the portugal the the man song feel it still oh then we uh for whatever reason we had this craze in the 2010s where we did the stomp stomp clap type oh, of yeah. music so ho hey by the lumineers oh that's a good song i like that one <laughs> it, it got way overplayed <laughs> yeah. panic at the disco high hopes and then the top three songs of the 2010s mm-hmm. all by imagine dragons oh boo because it's all about commercialism but fish is the, probably one of the least commercial type of bands absolutely out yeah. there yeah. so uh uh, by the way, I should int- introduce, uh, this is Ryan Lang. He's a friend, he's a co-worker of mine here at uh, the radio station, mm-hmm. at uh, the Rubber City Radio Group, yeah. and uh, he is a big fish fan, so I have the top 10 fish songs. Okay, number lay it two, on me. Number 10, Farmhouse. Oh. See, no? that's the thing, everyone in fish, at least on the chat boards and Facebook groups and all that, everyone says that's the good P song. So like oh, when they okay. start when you hear everyone gets up and goes pee at the <laughs> concert. Um, so yeah, I mean I like it. I think it's a great song. Um, I certainly wouldn't call it one of the top ten fish songs because there's like there's like almost three hundred fish songs. Mm-hmm. So I love going to the setlist.fm. Yeah, and people post the setlist, and sometimes they post the night setlist. You're going to see them, mm-hmm. and I did that with Pearl Jam because I drank a lot of booze <laughs> and noticed that when Eddie's like, yeah, we're uh, going to play our uh, new stuff tonight. I'm like, perfect. What's the line like? Oh, great. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get another drink and come back and maybe they'll play something from uh, the elderly woman behind the counter in a small town. <laughs> wow. Um, so farmhouse number 10, number nine, run like an antelope. That's one of my top favorite fish okay. songs. I love it. Speaking of uh, animals, we have number eight, the lizards. Yeah. That's uh, part of a uh, a longer series of songs that make up. Uh, well, I won't get into it. <laughs> I digress. For the record, I know none of these songs. Okay, by yeah, the way. all right. Uh, number seven, Fluffhead. Awesome. Yeah, definitely top ten. Number six, Harry Hood. Yeah, Harry Hood. Yeah. Number five, Reba. Mm-hmm. Four, Tweezer. Yeah. Three, Divided Sky. That's probably my favorite. 
Number nice. two, they said this is the most played at their their shows. Chalk Dust Torture. You Enjoy Myself. Ah, yem. Yeah. And then finally, number one is Lushington. What? They said they had. They said this is like the fans' ultimate, and they only play it a couple of times. Very, f- not very often. Wow, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, I've, I, I was trying to. I was actually going to play that for number one, but it was. I only had grainy live versions from 1987 to play. Oh my gosh, that had to be. Oh, so, okay. So that was before they were touring fish, as we know them. See, as you know, my favorite fish song is this one. The tires are the things on your car that make contact with the road. You can really get down to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I play this, and I annoy everybody with this song. They're like, what is this? And I say, it's fish. It's like, okay, but why? So why when are you playing this? people are, like, getting into, or you're trying to get somebody into <laughs> fish, you don't play them contact. That's not one that you play for them. Say, you're going to love this band. The car is the thing. On the- <laughs> yeah, no, that doesn't happen. Yeah, that was, uh, I, I don't know where I first heard that. I'm like, this is just, this is ridiculous, yeah. this song. But I... It's catchy. Yeah. It's just, do they not play it that often? Um, I've never heard it live. I've been to 19 shows. I've 19. You would see, but that you, that's impressive, right? Mm-hmm. I go to a fish, uh, you know, addicted to fish on Facebook. I say, hey, hitting up my 19th show, and I'm basically a noob. You're an amateur. Yeah. It's like, oh, get out of here. Um, but yeah, contact is, uh, it's one of those simple songs that, make fish who they are but they don't really like jam it out they're known for like just recently this past summer tour they played their third longest song ever it was 47 minutes long <laughs> third that, and that's not even the longest? not even the longest 47 Goodness. minutes long Gracious. and uh you know that that wasn't one that they would jam out for 47 minutes what's contact who, where is the f- furthest you drove to go see fish the furthest i've driven to see fish uh maryland Okay. Uh, Columbia, Maryland. I think that would be about seven, eight hours. Yeah, I think that was further than Vir- I'm terrible at geography. Further, <laughs> I think that was further than Virginia when I went to go see them. But yeah, I, I, about eight, seven, eight hours was the furthest. That's impressive. I think the furthest I drove to see a concert was I saw Three Eleven in Detroit. Oh, that's about it. <laughs> I mean, I've seen concerts out of town, but they just happened to be when I was in that town. Ah. That wasn't the reason I went there. So I drove three hours or so to go see yeah. a concert. And Three Eleven is the band I've seen the most, which is, well, maybe by the time you hear this, it might be nine times. Actually, no, yeah, about there. I've seen them that many Are you, times. You're going to see them soon. Yes. Awesome. At least I plan to. Excellent. We'll see how. We'll see how the finances go. See how many loans I need to take out. <laughs> I actually have done that to see a fish show. That's terrible. Oh, yeah. Like those payday loans. Yeah, where I started looking like, oh, gosh, you know, I can. It's kind of one of those, uh, I sold my soul. Who, who, what are you going to sell your soul for? Is it worth, is the 311 tickets worth it? And if you are, if you're going to sell your soul, it has to be in near the front row. Right. Not sitting in the nosebleed seats for 40 bucks a pop. Yeah, so. that interest rate was really something. Oh, I, oh goodness gracious. <laughs> So I, I, I had you here not just to talk about fish, uh, but also uh, Dead & Company. We're going to yeah. talk about that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm wearing the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, we, um, so I saw a recent video of, of you on, I don't, I don't remember what it is. It looked like you were on a bus. Mm-hmm. And it was for sobriety. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to do a theme this week, at least on my Patreon, about alcohol. And the reason I mentioned this, and the reason, because I'm somebody that I, I'm a social drinker. Uh, I've, I'm somebody that I've known enough people where we go out for a couple of drinks and maybe a several drinks, maybe one drink. But I, 
realized when I got older, when I got to probably my late 20s, how fortunate I was. I didn't realize it at the time until I was probably about 28, 29, how fortunate I was I do not have an addictive personality mm -hmm. where I can go to Applebee's and have one drink. Yeah. And, or I can go to Applebee's and not have a drink. And I'm not leaving there with the DTs right. or wondering, gosh, would my night would have been so much better had I gotten drunk. <laughs> right. and, uh, and then anywhere in between, I can go watch a, watch a football game and not get trashed. You mean you've never gotten kicked out of Applebee's because your alcoholism has taken over? No, the only time I, you know what, the only other time I actually did more than a beer at Applebee's, it was my, a couple of my friends, I, I used to DJ, this is a true story, I used to DJ at Applebee's. <laughs> in between, during and in between radio jobs, before I started working here, I was a DJ at Applebee's, and Dave Landau loves this story when I tell it on stage. <laughs> yeah. So every time he, I'm opening for him, I, I tell it about how we used to do, in 2013 through 2015, do karaoke at Applebee's. <laughs> yeah, right. It's silly. It, it sounds silly because it is, but you think about it. Uh, what, what do kids do? What do teenagers do? You get done with a high school football game, choir right. practice, you go over to Applebee's. Half off apps after nine. That's right. <laughs> yeah. The reason it went away is they realized that, uh, oh, these kids have been here for four hours and they've ordered nothing but water <laughs> and a $5 tray of boneless buffalo wings. We're losing money. <laughs> They're losing money at that point. So they said, yeah, we're going to stop this. But for a little bit, it was kind of a nice thing because yeah. karaoke bars 21 and over. And when you have a 16-year-old who wants to belt out the let it go from frozen or something or whatever God. was popular at the day, a party in the USA or a 47 minute long fish song. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least there's a lot of instrumental. Breaks. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I actually had that. Somebody did uh, some song that had a long instrumental and they're just kind of like awkwardly dad dancing <laughs> in front of the, in front of everybody at Applebee's. I'm like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have chosen like hotel California right. that has the guitar solo. <laughs> um, but I'm somebody that I was fortunate that I can have a beer and I can do shots and not go, okay, well, I got to find Coke. I got to do this. <laughs> right. I gotta, and realizing how fortunate I was and knowing that not everybody feels that way, mm. that alcohol, not cigarettes, not pot, alcohol is the gateway to everything else, whether it's, you know, blowing somebody in the back alley of a whatever or <laughs> see this is uncensored we could have fun yeah this um, is this is different <laughs> but you can do a little bit more yeah uh and me i can just have a couple of drinks and go home uh, now i didn't know about your story mm -hmm. as much i think you and i have probably gone out drinking twice yeah we were at a hootie concert and had a couple of drinks that's right it was fun yeah but i never thought that there was more to it other than hey there's ryan we just started working together we had a tall boy at blossom music center and right. watched dan and shay and hootie like yeah. five years ago and then hearing your story and watching that video i i guess talk a little bit about your background in what got you into that place yeah. and how you were able and we'll get to how you were able to come out on the other side to the point where you're at now being, yeah. uh, being a new father yeah well absolutely and uh so yeah i mean i like you said we're saying uh you know at least hinting at i never thought it was an issue i never thought that you know drinking was a problem for me like I was, uh, I guess I started in high school, um, you know, I'd have somebody, some older person, I used to have my, I show, maybe I shouldn't say this, but my old football coach, he used to <laughs> buy beer. Oh, yeah. Like, and he got, he was really annoyed by it. So high school, like, he lived right around the corner from us, and like, you know, my mom passed away when I was in high school, and uh, we would take advantage of, you know, my father still being at work. 
So like days so off. You're a latchkey or, kid. Right. Yeah. I had snow days. We'd have part. I'd have people over. I'm like 15, 16 years old having parties, day parties, we call them, at my house on snow days when we didn't have class. And I would call or text my old coach. And he's like, dude, this is ridiculous. So, <laughs> but I thought it was cool. Like, I was like, oh, this is odd. This is just what high school kids do. Like, yeah. you know, we drink when we can. And, you know, we'd go to football games and we'd have beers before or whatever. And um, I never thought it was an issue that kind of went into college. And uh, I was smoking a little bit of pot. Uh, well, I guess in high school, I was smoking a lot of pot. <laughs> um but I never thought that was an issue. I just thought, hey, pot's cool, you know? Like, it's just something that kids do. Like, they wake up at 7.20 in the morning before high school class, and they smoke a bowl. And wake they, and bake. Right, and then they smoke on the way to school. And then, you know, they take a lunch break at school, and they smoke. And I was like, oh, okay. Hindsight, I'm like, well, that's not normal. Um, but, yeah, to me, that was just the thing, you know? And I kind of built a persona around it, like the stoner. You talk about fish fans and stuff. But, yeah. Um, and that it just spiraled in college. Well, um, when you were in high school, were you a part of the stoner group? Because there was always those cliques of, and I remembered the stoners. Now, there were two types of the stoners mm -hmm. when I was going to school. It was the goth kids that <laughs> dyed their fingernails black and had black hair and had the dog collar and the, the, <laughs> the mesh, you know, the fishnets and everything. And that over. was me. <clears throat> and then there was the others <laughs> who were just... You know, dad had money yeah. or, or parents were divorced or whatever. And you're just like, yeah, no, my, I have an older brother. He buys me pot. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I really subscribe to any sort of stereo. I mean, I guess you would talk to people and be like, oh, yeah, Ryan's a stoner. But I hung out with different types of groups. Like okay. I, I played lacrosse. Mm. So I hung out with lacrosse players. <laughs> I had at one point played football. So I hung out with football players. And. I kind of bounce around like I, you could probably relate to this yourself, Tony. I was kind of the class clown. Like yeah. I, I like to make people laugh. So I was kind of friendly with a lot of people and that kind of spiraled off. And plus, excuse me, I, uh, you know, <laughs> I would have parties at my house. So the jocks, the stoners, the uh, even some of the, you know, quote unquote, nerdy people would want to be at parties. So they would come over to my house and. I guess I just kind of uh, appealed to a lot of different people. Now, so, you went to an all-guys high school, though. Yeah, so was that Was that a little bit of a difference? Um, in the respect that... Parties, uh, talking to women, everything, or was, um, there, was there a lot of crossover? Was it just basically a party with dudes? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, we had the Mags girls. So yeah, we would party true. with the Mags girls, uh, Magnificat, and uh, no, it, I mean, it was a pretty well-rounded crowd, okay. I would say. Because I, I remember going to a few parties in high school, and there was drinking, and uh, one of them, when I went to Trinity High School, which was the Catholic school, I, it was my freshman year, and I only went there my freshman year, mm -hmm. and I remembered, you know, it was the Catholic schoolgirl <laughs> stereotype, and some of these girls, as soon as they got to high school, it was like, this is why we wear skirts, because yeah. <laughs> they were not showing too much underneath, and I remember going there going wow, like I'm watching essential orgies going on at 14, 15, and this is it. And I, you know, I'm a virgin. I went to, cat. I go to church, I'm going to church tomorrow morning. And we're this just is the public our, school. This is no, this is the Catholic school. Oh yeah. yeah so yeah. basically yeah. I realized a lot of Catholic schools were just public schools with ties, Yeah, ties and skirts. And then eventually when I went to a public school and I kind of saw a little bit more of the pot smoking that was happening, but at least when we were growing up in the you know late 90s, early 2000s, I kind of thought the 
public schools and the private schools, there wasn't too much of a difference. And in fact, there was a lot of crossover that was going on. Yeah. The only difference was the fact that I'm wearing a Red Hot Chili Peppers shirt, which I could wear when I went to the public school. When I went to the Catholic school, I could probably wear a Red Hot Chili Peppers tie, <laughs> right. but that was about it. So it's you kind of notice that in high school where there's that growth. And also the other thing I noticed when talking about drinking is that I would go to parties and I would have a couple of drinks uh, back in high school. And I remembered some of my friends, I would say, oh man, what a party we had the other day. They're like, you drink? No. <laughs> They're like, yeah, what's the problem? It's like, oh God, that's just why? Like, that's weird. Then a couple of months later, they go to college and they're blacking out. Right. So what was the difference? Just six months? Is yeah, I know. Was? What and, happened in that six months that like, made you turn into... You know. In fact, I felt like I got a lot of that out of the way. So by the time I got to college, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I want to I want to start my career right now. Yeah, that's funny you may say that because it was like, I felt like high school was like this launching pad for me into the party that was college. And this is, you know, my, I should, I guess I haven't said it. I'm Ryan. I'm an alcoholic. Um, Ryan L. Ryan L. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, R. Lang. Um there no. was. Did you ever? Did you ever hear the Norm Macdonald clip where he's talking about uh, rehab and, <laughs> and Alcoholics Anonymous? He's like, you know, my my name is uh, Al or whatever, and he's like, uh, I'm not going to tell you my last name, but uh, last night I uh, uh, I was uh, violently punching a baby, but, was, <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you my last name. Did I ever tell you the time I blew a dog for a pint of gin? Again, my name is Al P. I'm not telling you my last name. <laughs> it's just part of my story. That's right. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like I got to college and I already had experience, some maybe more than other people that I had hung out with in college. But um, like, if, for example, my first night in college, I wound up, and I wasn't a blackout drinker. I didn't blackout. Like, I always remembered stuff, usually stuff I regretted, but... I remember my first night at OU, I wound up on the side of the rugby house where we were drinking, mm-hmm. natural ice. That was the keg oh, of choice yes. for Daddy rugby ice. parties. And I had however many, and I'm puking on the side of this rugby house, talking to this girl that I met from Westlake, and I'm like, oh, God, this never really happens. Like, I'm so sorry. That could have painted the picture for my entire college career Well, right that's there. a prerequisite at, at OU. Yeah, right? You, you have to wake up outside in your first week that you're right. there. Right. That's what I'm saying, but like... <laughs> That was my head, and that was where I was at. And I'm like, this is just college. But really, when I look back on it, it's like, that wasn't the college. People actually went to class, and they actually got degrees from this mm-hmm. school. At the time, I was like, oh, that's crazy. Like, I remember I didn't go to class. I had a sociology class for a quarter, and I only went to it about – I went the first day, and then I never went. And I walked in one day months later, and I was like, hey. And the, the professor was like, oh, wow, Really? I was like, well, how do you even know who I am? Yeah. And they're like, welcome. And I sat down and they handed me a test. I looked at it and I was like, well, this isn't going to happen. And I just walked <laughs> out. But that was my, I was there for the party. I wasn't there for yeah. the learning experience. And so. that's the problem I have with a lot of colleges is they know damn well that a lot of people aren't going to finish. Right. I, I told this story recently on the podcast. Uh, I had a friend of mine. Uh, who also was another one who went to have the parties in high school that yeah. we would cut class and watch Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, I remember he went and got, uh, he took the ACT, and the high score in the ACT is a 36. Yeah. He got a four <laughs> and got accepted to, uh, shall we say, a school that's a, just down the street from us. Uh, because the school... <laughs> was just basically trying to get anybody into college. A four? They, a four. I think he spelled his name correctly, yeah. but didn't have the correct date to get a five. <laughs> so he got a four. 
and got accepted into the college yeah. and of course washed out after two sure. semesters. Yeah. And what they what that school did is, yeah, we're just going to take your money. Yeah. So we'll we'll accept anybody. We'll take your money yeah. and uh, and go from there, which is really just not a good precedent no. to set. I mean, we're you know, they kept saying, "Oh, you know, I remember Obama had always said, oh, we need to send more kids to college." I'm like, "Not my buddy Chris. He <laughs> should not be in college. I'll tell you that much." Here's a perfect example. <laughs> So when you were in college, what kind of drunk were you? Were you a fun, happy drunk? You're the guy who's always around. Were you depressive? Were you quick to anger? Like, what kind were you? Uh, well, it's funny. Again, it's all hindsight because I can look back and say, oh, yeah. At the time, I was like, I'm this fun guy. Like, you know, look at me. I'm there for the party, wherever it is, whatever it may be. Um, and that was the case most of the time. It was, I'm up for whatever. Let's do it. Let's party. Let's. My first Fish concert, I was a freshman at OU. It was spur of the moment. I was like drinking and i was like let's go to cincinnati and see fish <laughs> oh so they weren't even on the campus no they weren't no. playing at that what is that called was it uh riverbend or no no i was gonna say what what's the ou festival they have is it like four oh Fest there's or whatever? yeah uh there's high fest there's uh, all the festivals and they bring in p- pretty good acts too. they do red wanting blue very popular at ou yeah <laughs> they Wait, play there like every day so you got into and you felt like you needed to go to cincinnati yeah which is i was about, like dude what well, about a two and a half hour drive yeah and it was a there was a horrible storm and we actually, on the way home, we got lost, and we, I woke up in the front seat of my buddy's car, and I was like, where are we? And he look, he's all peaked, and like he's like, I don't know, man, but I'm pretty sure we just drove through a tornado. I was like, wow. <laughs> I was like, wake me up when we get home. Like, um, but that was the type of person. I was spontaneous. I was, you know, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's party. Let's go on to the next one. I was usually the last one up. You know, everyone else is like, please, for the love of God, just go to bed. And I'm like playing Tony Hawk at six in the morning, like All right. sun's out. Right. Were, were you one of those? The birds who started, chirping. Yeah. When you heard the birds chirping, you looked out. Were you one of those? Who like, OK, I got to get to bed. Or it was yeah. it? Hey, you know what? While I'm up, yeah. might as well pour some cornflakes and you know, um, wake and bake. No. Well, no, because I, then I would sleep for like 12 hours. I remember this one time specifically. I was up like all night and the birds we're right outside of the dorm room. And this is like a Wednesday morning. Okay. So it's like 9 a.m. on a Wednesday. There are students, again, doing regular college things, getting up and going to class. And there are a lot of kids at OU. I opened the window on our second floor dorm and I was like, shut up, birds. And these people all look up like, what is this person's problem? And I'm like, that's just who I am. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, I was a party guy. But again, you asked, like, was I depressive was I quick to anger things like that I would get that way not all the time but there were times where I'd get real pissed for no whatever reason like I remember my girlfriend at the time she was like dude like you need to like chill out and I was like what are you talking about man like it's just college you know like it's just who I am and And did that carry on through adulthood um yeah later on it kind of ebbed and flowed like it was like you know, I would go in these waves. And again, a lot of it, as I mentioned in the interview that you were referencing earlier, um, you know, and just earlier I mentioned my mom passed away. Like a lot of my alcoholism, obviously she, her death isn't the reason that I'm an alcoholic, yeah. but me not she dealing with it. She had cancer for people. Yes. Yeah, breast yeah she cancer. passed away with cancer. Um, the reason my alcoholism took off and went certain ways and my depression and things like that was because I didn't properly deal with those feelings and that at the time yeah. at the time right well it's hard to when you lose someone in high school it's right. I think like if if I lost my mom at 33 right now 
I probably would handle it a lot different if, than if I were 16. If right. I were 16, I'd probably find ways of masking the pain or sure. whatever. This time, I my prefrontal cortex is developed. I'm an ad- adult. I remember the, the great times. But again, I don't know how I would handle it. I right. might go off the reservation too. Sure. I don't know that. Yeah. But at 16, it's a lot more difficult to, especially you're, you probably, did you feel like you had that stigma of walking around school like, oh, that's the kid with, whose yeah. mom died and everyone's oh, yeah. looking at me? Yeah, and I, I was very, ah, um, uh, I don't know. I was pretty good about it when people would approach me and say, hey, I'm sorry, the teachers and things like that. Uh, sometimes I'd be like, oh, you know, you're, they're just saying that because it's what you have to say mm-hmm. to some kid who lost his mom and, and things like that. But it's funny you talk about, like, you're, you know, not fully developed at that point. Again, after getting sober and kind of looking back and part of the, you know, the alcoholics and the 12 steps and things like that is you reevaluate and you go back and you – kind of look at where things started, um, you know, I felt like for a long time that I was stuck in this 16-year-old type mindset of things. I I didn't properly handle feelings of any kind. Um, I was married at one point. I was a terrible partner. Um, you know, this is later on, obviously, yeah. but, you know, that was just part of, I, I hadn't fully developed myself because I kept myself, you know, whether it was science, whether it was just me, you know, inhibiting my own self uh, through drugs and alcohol. I mean, I was stuck in this in this mindset of a 16 year old where I didn't properly deal with things. I, I was very irresponsible. You know, I, I, I am to an extent still. But would it, now when you were drinking, did it uh, thinking about your mother, did it mask the pain of that? Or were you reminded even more? Oh, during yeah. the alcohol? Eventually it okay. was like, you know, it would mask eventually to a certain point, And then I'd get like super drunk and somebody would either bring it up or a song for example something yeah. like that or something and, yeah something that reminds you of right, her or yeah right yeah. and i would be like oh i'd get in these these moods and you know my mom died in january of 1999 january 11th and my ex told me after the fact that she could tell cuz it was the holiday season obviously the extended holiday season and you know getting it a little bit into it um she had gone into the hospital right around Thanksgiving and then it just progressively got worse and she had cancer for a long time but it was just getting to the point where we saw that it was the end mm-hmm. and she went into the hospital around Thanksgiving she died January and my ex told me that I would she could see myself getting into this slump this okay. depressive slump almost every year like that to where I would start to think about it I'd be like oh well here's Thanksgiving again just reminds me of when my mom was in the hospital and and so on and so forth. So there were these cycles that I would go through. And, you know, you talk about seasonal depression. I don't know if you can necessarily call it that. It was a certain season. And it was in the, the season. The yeah. season, right. But So, it like, was, as, you know, we just said Labor Day. And Labor Day signifies the end of summer. So right. was that a, a, an opportunity where that crossed your mind where you're like, oh, it's fall, which means fall is usually Halloween, which usually brings Thanksgiving, which brings all the holidays. Was that just... Did, is this when the kickoff started, or it, was that more so a little bit down the road? Yeah, I think it was down the road. I wouldn't necessarily associate it that far out. Um, I, but, yeah, definitely once we started getting around Thanksgiving was when I would – I and, again, I keep saying it, hindsight, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's mm-hmm. accurate. I, uh, I Now it's better. Like, obviously, I, I miss my mom incredibly, yeah. and I wouldn't give – I would it's give anything. It's been how long? Uh, well, 99, so, wow. gosh, 
math. So you've lived over half your life without your mom. And so. that, that's funny you mention that because that, once we reached the halfway point of my life mm-hmm. where I was beyond half through way through my life where I, my mom is gone, yep. that was a big, like, I was like, ooh. And like, that was about, that heavy. was actually right around the time you got sober. Right, we'll, right. And I, I want to get into that in a little bit, but you mentioned you were married, and mm-hmm. you were married before you got this job since yes. we started working together. And was the was the marriage just, was it because of alcoholism, or was it just no. you weren't ready to get married, or what? whatever was the case? Um, No, because I was, I mean, I was in my 30s. I think I was 30 when I got married, I'm terrible with timelines and stuff. I, I forget a lot of stuff, probably because I'm an alcoholic. Um, but I, uh, you know, I think we were ready. We had dated a long time. Mm. We met in Cleveland. We dated a long time in Cleveland, kind of on and off. I got the job in Tampa, Florida, where I worked from, uh, what was it, 2008 through 2012. And uh, she moved down with me. We got married on St. Pete Beach in 2010. I think, um, and you know, I, I, I loved her. I, I mean, I really did. And I, she loved me. I will speak for her and say that, um, it just, things, things change and things were progressing as far as me and my own stuff, like my alcoholism, for example, that I wasn't aware of at the time. And it was doing a lot of damage to her. And I, again, can look back and say, wow. And we've actually talked in sobriety we've talked in sobriety and i've apologized mm-hmm. for my stuff and um i don't know if i necessarily have made amends yet as they say in alcohol uh, alcoholics anonymous but um we've talked about it and i admitted to her hey i was a you know i wasn't a good husband mm-hmm. and i wasn't a good partner and we left it on very good terms and i'm very happy that we had that conversation but it was just a, a conglomerate of things we moved back to cleveland i didn't want to move back to cleveland I was building this life in Tampa, but I was leaving her behind. Yeah, okay. I was going out and doing my thing. I was leaving her behind, and she was like, I can, I'm not happy here. So we moved back, and then it just kind of fell apart here. Yeah, it's, uh, that's the one thing about the business of radio and these kind of businesses is that when you have somebody who does not work in our field, sometimes you go to station events and Mm -hmm. somebody comes up to you and they're a fan and you kind of get a little bit of an ego. I don't want to say, like, even if just one person says, hey, I love you on the radio, that's enough to kind of keep you going. And people who aren't in the business of whether you're doing stand-up comedy, whether you're doing in TV news or anything, that they don't really understand that. And it's kind of difficult, especially when you're trying to achieve a dream. Yeah. And you realize that you might be leaving a part of you behind. And if that part of you is your girlfriend or boyfriend or whoever you are at the time, you're married to your job now. Right. And But then the problem is sometimes coping with the realities of the job and mm-hmm. the realities of outside the job. And that's where it kind of comes up. Because, you know, I was thinking about it. I was way more mature at 18, 19 years old than I am now. <laughs> I actually believe that. Not knowing you as an 18 or 19 year old, I believe that. I was, so for me, my story with, with alcohol was, I, my dad used to drink, drink booze all, you know, he drank beer. Yeah. And my grandfather was an alcoholic, He but he drank that rot gut whiskey. Like, Oof. don't give him Jack Daniels. Give him some of the stuff that you're getting in somebody's bathtub. <laughs> And it killed him because he, he died of uh, liver cancer back in 1990. Yeah. And, but Did he never... get sober before he died? I don't yeah. think so. Okay. I, I, we were finding at my grand- grandmother's house in Tremont uh, when, 
<laughs> when, when uh, after he died, and then after when we were selling the house, finding bottles and yeah. bottles oh, in yeah. the basement, and uh, so, but. You know, we're beer drinkers in the, in the house, beer, and sometimes shots, but my dad was never a whiskey drinker. So every year for Christmas or what have you, we would get bottles of Crown Royal. Well, my dad didn't drink at home. He yeah. never drank at home. Yeah. I, I, I barely saw my dad drunk growing up. I know he was. <laughs> I, there were times, I guess, he, you know, he probably doesn't want me to tell some of these stories, but uh, him p- waking up on the, the driveway after drinking <laughs> Cri- Great Lakes Christmas <laughs> Ale for the first time. And, right. You know, I, I don't really I remember his 40th birthday drinking straight from the keg, but I didn't understand him not being able to drive his car. We took his car there, but we're not picking up the car. What happened? Yeah, I, I don't know why that is. Yeah. So it, uh, growing up with, with uh, all these bottles of Crown Royal, like, well, I could bring some to my buddy's house, and he won't know. And my, I, I don't know if my parents knew. They never brought it up, and right. I to this day. Yeah. But we would have these dozens of bottles there well if i took one or two every couple of months they're not going to know the difference right. those little purple bags that, oh yeah uh, the crown royal bottles and i'm mixing them with <clears throat> with uh, pepsi and coke at the time i'm like oh let me try this mm, this is terrible i should probably put more <laughs> pepsi in and the, we didn't know how alcohol worked but right. at the time it was what you did sure. kalua we drank it straight from the bottle yeah right. not good <laughs> i wouldn't recommend it today we used to steal this is oof. I don't know if I should say this. We used to steal bottles of Parrot Bay. Oh, yeah. And just drink Parrot Bay. I was like, this is the worst stuff ever, but it's awesome. Yeah, but we would, you would do it because, no, we didn't have a lesson in alcohol right, at the time. Right, So when I got into college, I remember uh, after high school, we, we had a party, and I drank so much Bacardi at a party. I was so I, – I, I couldn't believe how drunk I was. I wanted to, wanted to race a friend of mine home because we were down the street. <laughs> A foot race? Foot race. Thank like, God. Come on, I'll, I'll Thank fucking race you. I choose not out. to run. And he's like, no, if you do it, you're going to knock your teeth out and die. And I'm like, okay, I guess we won't run. And I threw up and I was hung over the whole next day. And when we got to college, I didn't go to an – I went to the University of Parma, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the, South uh, Parma. Yeah. <laughs> community college. <laughs> yeah, but I was so – I blew my arm out in baseball. And I had offers to go to Malone University, uh, uh, Walsh, a couple other places oh, wow. to play baseball. I couldn't throw anymore. So I'm like, I guess I should start this radio career that I've wanted. <laughs> so I married myself into trying to get to my career. Yeah. So that whole freshman year of college, didn't drink one drop of alcohol. Wow. I went to parties and didn't drink. Really? Uh, because I wanted to be in radio so bad. And at the same time, I took the passion I had for my girlfriend at the time yeah. into being in radio. And so I, that year of exploration that normal people have, I didn't. And I did that because I, wa- I wanted to be in radio so yeah. bad. I loved it. I got an internship. I was They were putting me on the air, and I had my own show on an internet station. It was great. Yeah. I'm like, See, I don't need to do this with alcohol. Until I started working there, and I was hanging with people who were a little older than me who knew about alcohol. (laughs) And that's when I realized, boy, I don't like drinking with people my age. Every time I go out, they're just drunken assholes just falling all over the place drinking terrible (laughs) drinks. I'm with these these older black dudes who are about 40, and they're giving me shots of, oh, no, have this. I'm like, it's actually pretty good. But it never never even to this day has ever been a problem for Mm me. However... I say this as somebody who's 33. I'm more irresponsible with alcohol now yeah. than I was at 
19, 20, 21, 22. Yeah. Because I, at the time, I wanted to get to that point in my career. Now I'm at a point of, am I happy where I'm at with my career? Could I be a little bit further? Uh, probably, I'm sure. But I'm comfortable enough yeah. where I can go out and I'm married now. I'm not trying to go to a bar and impress people. <laughs> and, you know, I'm just having a good time. But then I st the reason I wanted to do this drunk week, this quote unquote drunk week on the podcast, is I, I noticed St. Patrick's Day, I blacked out. Oh, this passed? But I didn't fall past out. Yeah. I was upright and I was having conversation. Mm -hmm. I was playing music and stuff. But it, it, it went from... It was five o'clock and we're yeah. having corned beef and drink a, drinking some Guinness and whatever. Next thing I know, it's 11. Yeah. I don't, where did the, did the time go? So I went on my phone, I looked at my YouTube to find what, <laughs> I, what I was playing uh, for the party. Everything's misspelled. There's like V's and Q's and X's everywhere <laughs> in me trying to type. I'm like, I don't remember the last couple of hours. Yeah. And so I'm like, I gotta, I gotta cut this out. Yeah. I gotta cut down and just do this as a social thing. The problem is I do a lot of social things. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm doing this almost as, I don't wanna say public service because it sounds conceited, but there's a lot of people who, because for me, then I can say, okay, then I'm just not gonna drink for a couple of weeks. And it's fine. Yeah. Not everybody has that opportunity. Right. Not everybody has that luxury. Sure. Uh, I, one of my buddy's birthday at the same place, I had St. Patrick's Day. It was his birthday. <clears throat> we, dr we drank all night up until probably two in the morning, mm -hmm. passed out, woke up. He was hungover and everyone's hungover and making breakfast. And I pulled out a beer. And he's like, yeah, get me one. And it went from, oh, we're just going to have a hair of the dog to yeah. it's six o'clock. Yeah. We've drank nine beers each. Right. And now we're ordering chicken because we're starving again. Yeah. And not everybody can do that. And uh, apparently when I was watching your video that it got to a point where you were starting to miss work. Yeah. You were, and I didn't, I, as somebody who worked with you, I thought, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the weather's shitty outside. Yeah. It's, it's snowing. It, you have to drive 40 minutes, 45 minutes to get to work, sometimes an hour. Right. Yeah, Ryan's not coming in today because it's snowing. But then finding out that it wasn't just snow. Right. Well, it would be very dangerous if I drove in that in that condition I was in, <laughs> mm -hmm. in that snow. And sometimes I did. Like, I remember um, <laughs> the night the Cavs won the championship, I was out all night watching that game. Mm -hmm. And I was at the bar next to my apartment in Ohio City. And I just thought it was normal. I, I was like, how, how could I possibly not stay up and watch the Cavs beat the Warriors in the NBA Finals. Yeah, it's like, like I had to do it. Was it, it like 10, 30, 11 o'clock when the game yeah. was over? But, you know, it wasn't 10, 30, 11 o'clock when I went to bed. Yeah, exactly. I closed the bar because everybody was celebrating. I stumble over, and we got to be here really early in the morning. And that was a Sunday night, right? And yes, it was. Yeah. I was driving into work, and I said to myself, I was like, boy, there are a lot of people out on the road, and none of them are driving appropriately. Exactly. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm one of those people. <laughs> and so I get on the on the radio, and I'm doing the news for for a radio station here. And I am, like, talking about the Cavs game. And I'm like, and the Cavs won the, the finals. Like, I'm some drunken, bloviated guy at the bar. I'm like... I'm not a professional newscaster here. I'm just some guy who was out way too late talking to his buddy at the about the Cavs game. And I was like, this is a ridiculous thing. But I, it wasn't any sort of eye-opening event. Yeah. Like It was just like I went home, I went to work, I went home, and I slept it off. I probably did the same thing the next night. 
but yeah, it was those things. It was those moments where I, I thought I hit it pretty well. I found out that I didn't, I wasn't hiding it as well as I thought because there were, you know, bosses started noticing. You know, I remember. Are we talking at this station? Yeah. Or, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, I yeah. Because I, I know you had just probably probably gotten the job not long before that. Right. right? Yeah, it was. It, it wasn't very long. And, um, you know, our. I old... remember listening to you on WTAM. Yeah. And I was driving home from I was working and you were <laughs> doing Sunday. And yeah. you're like, hey, it's Ryan Lang, WTAM News. I'm like. He's supposed to be working with us tomorrow. Yeah, right. <laughs> His first day. I know. Like, well, oh, that's weird. Our, our other coworker, Biv, he was like, what are you doing on TAM? He's like, aren't you starting an AKR tomorrow? I was like, yeah, about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's just how it happened. Um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, I started missing more work. And actually, our old program director on our FM station, QMX, one of the first persons that I admitted to that I had a problem, uh, Sue, she was calling me in her office. She's like, this is, she's like, you can't keep missing work like this. You can't show mm. up late like that. And I was late a lot. I would miss the 530 news or I'd come in and all of a sudden the 530 newscast would be the 545 newscast because Ryan couldn't make it here on time. And she's like, you can't keep doing this. She's like, you're about to get fired. And I told her, I was like, look, I was like, I have a drinking problem. And, uh, you know, and that, that she was like, she was so helpful. She was immediately... Like, oh, my God, I had no idea. And uh, the people here, I mean, our boss, Ray, an incredible person who helped me out a lot. And and there are others. Um, and in, by the way, I, I, to credit our bosses here, I didn't know any of this. Yeah. So they didn't let this. They didn't go, hey, you know, Ryan's not here because, you know, Drew. Yeah. You know, you're doing the thing with the bottle holding up to your. It's like, oh, oh, I get oh. you. So I had no idea. And. Um, I, I had heard you were talking about like like I would see vague posts on Facebook of like one step at a time or yeah. you know a lot of the cliche you know the cliches but it's my favorite part of Alcoholics Anonymous by the way is the, the cliches. cliches yeah and I would see that and I'm like I didn't realize Ryan had a problem and I'm I, you know I, I think about people who I've known who have gotten sober in thinking of the times that I've been out drinking with them yeah now here's here's my next question because I have a friend of mine that. He told me he had a problem. I'm like, dude, I drink way more than you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I have the problem. Yeah. You don't have the problem. But in reality, it's because it's it's the shutoff switch. Yeah. And because I can shut it off and go, okay, I'm done for the night. I'm right. done for the week. I try I, Personally, I try not to drink during the week. And usually when I do, again, it's not I'm sitting at home watching Netflix and crack open a drink. Yeah. It's, hey, we just got done playing softball. We're going to go over to the bar because they back us. And plus, we get a free drink. And but that's where it can spiral out of control. And I have a friend of mine that <clears throat> he said he was an alcoholic, and I'm like, dude, I've seen you drink like two beers, yeah. and you're. But then when you realize that his two drinks, then he's on his ass. Right. And I had a friend, the, the same friend, that uh, here's here's a funny story. We were doing a gig together. I'm not gonna say his name, but he's a comic, and afterward this one girl comes up to us and was saying like oh you guys are really funny you guys want to drink because uh, I, I work here and everything and I'm just off tonight and I'm having a good time so she gets us a couple of shots and uh, she was telling us she's like uh, you know it's good to be free tonight because I usually because I'm usually with my daughter I'm like daughter you're, <laughs> you're like a kid yourself she's like oh I'm 23 well how old's your daughter seven I'm like oh boy yeah. and she bought us a shot and started kind of grinding on both of us and wanting to have a threesome with her. Oh my gosh. 
And, but the thing is, it was like one of those terrible driving nights, and <laughs> it, it didn't happen. And But my buddy, who had that the one shot and then another drink, doesn't remember this story wow, at all. Really? I brought it up yeah. to him. And he's like, I, I, he's like, I'm not denying it didn't i'm not denying it happened it could have happened probably did happen yeah. i just don't remember it i'm like did he I'm, ask he's like did we do it <laughs> did he, we? Well, he, i that's why i said it said it never actually happened because <laughs> yeah, yeah. she got too drunk too oh, but yeah. i just remember like i had more drinks than him that night i had about three beers and two shots drove home no problem didn't get into an accident or anything he had two drinks and one of them was that shot that she bought it was a washington apple shot. Yeah, yeah yeah it was not good but i'm not going to turn it down sure <clears throat> and especially if she's going to bring us back to her place <laughs> i was single at the time so just can't stand anyone wants to know uh <laughs> but it was weird because i drank significantly more than him but i was fine to drive home or at least i thought i was and i got home and i was everything was great yeah he has no recollection of how he got home that night and again, he didn't keep drinking. So were you somebody that you can, you know, polish off a 12-pack and down half a bottle of, of gin? Or were you somebody that when you smell alcohol, you're already buzzed? No, I, I mean, I could put it down. Like, it, my thing is, is, like you said, like, I could go and have a couple of beers or I can go out and not. There were times where I could go out, like, to dinner and I didn't drink. Yeah. Um, and there were probably times where I, you know, had a couple of beers. This is probably early on, but had a couple of beers and called it a night. But to the point where, you know, they say alcoholism took over, it was I would tell myself that I would go out and I'd have a beer. And next thing you know, I'm paying for a bar tab that's $175 because I bought six fucking shots um, for everybody else around the bar while I'm, you know, buying my own. And you know, it just, uh, it was progressive. They say the disease is progressive. Disease of alcoholism is progressive. Now, did it spiral into, okay, I have beer. Now I need to get pot. I need to get, you know, other substances. You, you could just, you could just say, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, you don't have to say which ones. Yes. And it really, and you know, since you brought it up, um, and I'm not, I'm not afraid to talk about it, but, uh, you know, that was, that was, I don't want to say more of the problem because the problem is alcohol. Problem that was, was alcohol, the gateway, yeah. Right. Um, but to where it got to the point where it was dangerous was alcohol led to XYZ. Yes. You know, so, um, but I was one of those where I thought I could function. You know, I thought I'd have alcohol and then I'd get this other thing and then I'd be like, sweet, now I can drive. How ridiculous is that? Like, I got in trouble because, like, I, I actually did get in trouble with the law. Um, I got an OVI. And it was, I was drinking an hour away from home, but I was drinking there like I was at the bar that I walked to next to my apartment. Okay. So you got that yeah. trash where you thought you were just. Yeah. Well, not even that. Not that I thought I was drinking to where I was like, oh, I'm okay. You know, mm. like, because people were buying me booze and I was just ripping shots and it was a concert and, you know, and then I had this other substance that I thought that I could help that would help me get home. Mm. And it turns out, it's funny, I got pulled over in an area of, uh, it was Ravenna, um, but I got pulled over in an area where they had just adjusted the speed limit, and I reported about it in the news okay. not but a couple of weeks before. <laughs> so you think in, uh, you know, I would have some kind of awareness of what was going on, but no, I get pulled over for speeding. Obviously, I was intoxicated. And really, I can say, thank God that guy stopped me. 
Because yeah. who knows? You were, know? were you road pop guy? Uh yeah, yeah. Back in- uh, not, I mean, not in this instance, but yeah. Yeah, that was- in high school, like that was it. Oh like, yeah, you put it between your legs. <laughs> right. no. Oh, now it's Pepsi. I once pulled. I went to a graduation party. I was in high school. And I pulled into my friend's yard. It was, she was having a graduation party, and I pulled into the yard. Didn't realize there was a ditch between oh. the driveway and the uh, in the yard. Drove right into the ditch. Her dad comes out. He's like, have you been drinking? And I said, no. There was an open 12-pack of Natty Light. And oh. he's like, well, then what's this? And there's beer spilled all over. I was like, um, about that. So, yeah. I was and definitely I was drinking. Pop, yeah. I just, yeah. you know, I was transporting. Right. I was right. transporting into my mouth. So. But, uh, well, I guess one of the – was the OVI the – the rock bottom or was there a rock bottom? Uh, well, you would think you would think that was oh so it, okay so it continued yeah. a little more oh, or yeah. was it be or was it because of the ovi that that it just continued because you get some people that they get the dui they go to the hotel they do right. whatever uh license suspended uh and that they go look i can't do this anymore i'm sober or hey my license is suspended my life sucks i'm gonna keep drinking why not what, what the hey yeah pardon my language can we pause it i gotta pee real yeah good. okay and I'll pick up right there. All right, we're back. Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> I love that. Very <laughs> little musical interlude yeah. during it. So um, you asked that, was that the point where I said, I need to turn this around? Yes. It was, and then I didn't turn it around. Like, you know, I, uh, I, okay, so the people I was hanging out with, this is what they made me believe. This was what my alcoholic mind believed at the time. Like, I was arrested. I was charged with OVI and then some, like, because I had a substance on me and I was charged with possession. But not initially, because they didn't test things on the in the field oh so you were able to get the loopholes well not really I, I i really didn't because i i they didn't charge me then so i was talking to the my friends quote-unquote friends mm. that made me believe dude you got off like this was like weeks had gone by a month had gone by before i was officially charged mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, maybe I did get away with this. Did, they, did they pump it down to like one of those uh, reckless operations? No, or? I didn't. I didn't have a charge. Okay. So I had to wait. I, I mean, I, I, I imagine the OVI charge was already there. So I mean, I, yeah, but I had to wait, you know, for however long. It was a couple of months. And then one day I got this phone call. I was here. I was about, I was literally two minutes from going on the air to do a newscast. Mm. And it was the trooper who pulled me over. And he said, hey, this is trooper so-and-so. He said, I don't know if you remember. And I was like, uh, yeah, it rings a bell. <laughs> he was like, I don't know if you remember, but uh, you know, I pulled you over back on, uh, on March. Let's see, it would have been March 9th. Um, this is 2018. And he said, uh, but, you know, uh, it did come back. And uh, you need to report to the Ravenna Post of the Highway Patrol by tonight it was a friday by tonight uh 11 p.m so we can proceed and i was like my face went white i was like oh my god and i'm like how am i supposed to go on the air yeah exactly um but at the same time like i had cooled off a little bit to an extent um but i was still you know doing my thing i was still partying and i was still um drinking too much and i hadn't told my dad yet 
like I hadn't told him about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know how I got away with that for so long. But anyways, he told me, uh, so I reported, I got charged officially. Um, I was sentenced to treatment in lieu of a felony conviction. Um, so I had to, obviously I had to complete it and, uh, and do all that, but. Um, I did the weekend, the OVI school on the weekend, the um, hotel, yeah, which was lovely. Which, um, which, which, by the way, I, I a quick aside, uh, we were down in the Columbus area last weekend, and uh, my buddy, one of our coworkers, mm-hmm. Anthony, and him and his brother were staying <laughs> at a hotel that that was going on. Oh yeah. So he's like, and it, his brother's like, wow, this is the first time I'm on this side where I, <laughs> I, I actually can drink at this hotel. Right. And it was just weird how they're, they, they got tape over the doors yeah. and stuff and the curfew yeah. and everything. And they're just bringing 12 packs of Bush light and oh, twisted teas. And I'm like, wow, you're really just rubbing the salt yeah. in their wounds. But. I mean, I met these people there, like this one guy, he was late for everything. And he was like, yeah, I'm here in my 12th stand or whatever. And I'm like, Jesus, you're celebrating this? Like, some interesting folks. Oh, but, yeah. Um, so I did all that, and I, I did complete treatment. I was in treatment uh, at Stella Maris in Cleveland. Uh, I had a friend who who's in recovery who worked there. I called him. He's actually my sponsor, um, good friend from high school. And uh, he kind of showed me how to go about it, um, you know, but I was in there. I relapsed. I had, like, 60 days clean, and I was so – I don't know. I was uh, I was still you know drinking and and using and I was I was thinking I was playing this playing the system because they would test us once a week but I had Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday so I was like I'll just drink a bunch of cranberry juice or blah 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 Uh, didn't work obviously I got popped and I had to go back to the judge and the judge gave me another chance um, because and I really owe it to uh, one of the counselors at Stella who wrote a letter on my behalf saying that he's he's really bad off. Like, he's got a problem. And he's here. He's committed to it. He just slipped. And so that guy helped. He really – amazing, amazing person. Um, so I had to go back, and I completed it. And I had three, four months, five months, six months. And uh, I was in – I got myself in a relationship real quick. They told me not to. That went sour, and I relapsed real bad. Mm. But to get to your point about the uh, rock bottom – the OVI in cuffs in the back of a trooper's vehicle was not rock bottom for yeah. me. I was alone. I was in my apartment. It was one of those nights where it was about 3, 4 in the morning. I had to be at work. I wasn't going to make it to like, work. now? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I wasn't going to make it to work. I was going to have to call off again. And I seriously, I like, you know, it's cliched or whatever, but I seriously looked in the mirror and I was like, I am a fucking mess. Mm. Like, I was like. I didn't even recognize myself. And um, I said, I, I, <laughs> I said, I, God help me. Like, those are the words that came out of my mouth. And you hear it a lot in AA. You hear that all the time in AA. God help me. And, and you know, not to get all Jesus-y on you, but, you know, really, God helped me. Yeah. Like, I couldn't have done it without that. And uh, without that, uh, that sort of, uh, they call it your uh, higher power, you know. Um, so, yeah, that was... August, that was August 5th of 2019, and I've been sober since then. That's excellent. Yeah. And then since then, you've gotten a great girl. You, yeah. You have a you have a kid. I know, right? I'm uh, so you engaged. Really, you really just, you went from being like, oh, I'm the freewheeling bachelor, just <laughs> yeah. drinking on a Tuesday, to, oh, I have a family now. I Holy know. Holy shit. And it's crazy, and I couldn't do it if I weren't sober. Like, 
you know, and it's a very fragile thing. Sobriety is a very fragile thing. Like, you know, I find myself, you asked earlier if I was that sort of angry drunk and it was like, anger was a part of my life prior to ever drinking. Like mm. I was kind of this tense person and I was fun and I was laid back and stuff, but I was always on edge. And whether that had to do with, you know, yeah, my mom dying or just the type of personality I was, I had to figure that stuff out. And now with the help of some tools that I have, you know, tools in my tool belt, yeah. um, I'm able to kind of decompress much easier. I'm much less on edge. You probably notice it without noticing it. Like I used to walk around here and stomp around here. No, I actually, honestly, maybe I'm just dense or I'm in my, <laughs> yeah, no. because I always tell, tell this to people. Now, the reason I'm, a lot of the reason I'm doing this podcast today with you, because we're done basically with work for yeah. or most of our work for the day. Yeah. I took a bunch of energy drinks and I'm awake, but normally I'm a fucking zombie when I walk around here. <laughs> I, I always tell, I tell Amanda, I've told Sarah Kay, a couple other people who work here. I say, look, understand that. I'm a better like person when I get my nap in. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. I don't mean if I'm around here. If I don't say good morning, if I'm not cheerful, don't take it personally. Right. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. <laughs> ever. I've worked in morning radio now for God eight years now. I can't handle this shift. <laughs> I can't. Oh, you'll get used to it in a couple of months. No, you nope. don't get used to it nope. because you're working. You're waking up in the middle of the night when most people are sleeping. Right. Um, and I, especially when you're a night owl by trade and now I have to go to bed at eight o'clock and wonder what's going on with my life. So I'm like, don't <laughs> take it personally if I'm around here. So that's, that must be, I must be just dense when I'm walking around here. But, you know, I've, I've had situations where, you know, I've probably had a couple of too many the night before and I come in here, but it's never affected my work. In fact, I've actually felt I've been more productive because I have to be on the ball. Yeah. But in a way, again, not justifying it, but it's kind of like what's worse, texting and driving or drinking and driving. And at least when you're drinking right. and driving, your hands are 10 and 2 and right. you're trying to get to the – If you're te you're not even looking at the road at that right. point, especially if you're dating somebody and she's sending you pics and everything. You're like, <laughs> fuck the road. I'm, <laughs> that's a nice uh, – uh, but it, so uh, things now, have you since then, have you gotten, if you've gotten to a point where you're like, nope, that, that is past me. Like, I, yeah, I'll have good days and bad days with my emotions. But when you drive by a, a, the local bar, the liquor store, or, and, and I guess the next part I'll ask you is, have you been tempted during the time when we had lockdowns and everything? Yeah. Um, not really. I'm not really triggered by, you know, the sight of booze or the sight of, you know, alcohol and things like that. My thing is, um, like a nice day, like it'll be like a beautiful fall day. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, it'd be great. A cold Coors light. And I'm mm -hmm. like, Oh no, you can't think that. And I'll call my sponsor and be like, dude, dude, do you know what I just thought? And he's like, yeah, you were thinking of a cold Coors light on a beautiful fall day. I was like, it's like, you know, me um, finishing each other's right. <laughs> sandwiches. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know, but it, it, it's, you know, different things. Sometimes it's emotion. Sometimes I'm like, oh, just fuck. I'm, I'm tired. I'm, you know, I'm angry at this or whatever, you know, like the baby's been crying all night. It's like, oh God, I just want to, you know, settle down with a beer, but it's very fleeting. You know, it's, it, it's, I, I recognize the yeah. emotion. I deal with it and I move on. Do you think you'll ever drink again? No. So you will. So you are done with that. Like you're not one of these where I'm a reformed alcoholic, but I'm not 
counting out the fact that maybe down the road I can be like, okay, no, I'll have a beer and then I'll be able to handle myself in moderation. You're just, that's done. That's a new chapter you're on. So to answer this in a way that I think is beneficial for me, I don't think in terms of I'll never have a beer again or I'll never have a shot again. Um, I think, you know, because really I, one of the, I talked about cliches in AA and the whole one day at a time thing, I've really honed in on. And I find that that helps me in so many different ways in my life. Like another thing, like they talk about restarting your day. Like if I'm getting that way, if I'm getting angry, if I'm getting, you know, tense or frustrated or tired or whatever it is, I say, okay, let's calm down for a minute, take two, three, four minutes, and I'll restart my day essentially. But I don't think of it in terms like, nope, I'm never going to have an al- uh, another drop of alcohol in my life. Um, I do know, though, that what that that beer could turn into. Okay. Uh, so I'm not going to say I am never going to have it, but I can say I know what that would turn into. So, yeah, I... I, I can't. I really can't. Mm. I, you know, I saw, you know, you always look at uh, these recovery uh, Instagram accounts and stuff, and some of them are really good. Some of them are funny. Some of them are worth, you know, not much. But, you know, there's things that, you know, they talk about celebrities in recovery. And I just saw one from Eminem who's got like, you know, 11 years or whatever it is. Or, and uh, he was like, I, always, I never thought of alcoholism as a disease until, and I'm screwing up the quote, but until I realized that what that one uh, one beer would do. Like I realized that it's not just about one beer for me because it's not the, the ninth beer that gets you drunk. It's the first one. Yes. Because you can't have more than that. And, and you know, it just, I know that I know what one beer would do. So, yeah. Uh, but in that respect, I'm just not going to drink today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then when tomorrow, when you wake up tomorrow, you're just not going to drink tomorrow. Right. Right. But you can't look ahead and say that I'm not going to drink, uh, you know, because you you have your 40. You're going to turn 40, right? Pretty soon. Yeah. Next so July, yeah. so you're not going like, well, <laughs> maybe at my 40th birthday. I'll, <laughs> yeah. No, you're and you're not thinking that far ahead. You're no. thinking of what, you know, it's still morning and we got to get through today. Right. And uh, yeah. so but I mean, it has a lot of that being able to look at your baby and going like, this is why this is why oh, I yeah. have to, you know, I have to do this. Because I can't, I can't sit around and just go like, yeah, you know what, I can do this, and yeah. Yeah, because it's not even just that; it's also the because it also turns into the responsibility angle where, right. okay, maybe I'm not going to get trashed tonight, but hey, I'd love to go to a concert. Well, you can't go to a concert because you got you get a kid at home. I know, right? I was at Dead and Company for work earlier yes. this week, and you you probably felt bad. Well, I did, and I saw two songs. I was like, ah, oh, I gotta go, but I was excited when I got home because my baby was there and. And all that. And I know that I was supposed to go to see a bunch of fish shows mm-hmm. in 2020. I had uh, yes, four shows lined up. And I was like, this is going to be sweet. This is awesome. Going with sober friends, planning all that and all mm-hmm. that. And then obviously they got canceled, pushed back. I had a baby. And this year, as those shows came around again, I was like, well, son of a bitch. I was like, I should be at fish right now. Oh, yeah. But uh, but it's it's very fleeting, that like that fear, that FOMO. Yeah, I don't really have FOMO anymore because I'm very happy with what I do yeah. and where I'm at. Are, um, are you happier? I'm so happy right now. <laughs> yeah. This is great. It's wonderful. Um, I just feel so much better. <laughs> so, but I, I, I'll say this for me with with how alcohol affects me is I get to be so much more fun. Yeah, I'm way more fun, mm-hmm. and I don't take things seriously. I just want to joke. I want to play music and dance and all that kind of stuff. And people in the last year plus, especially if anyone's listened to my 
my Patreon podcast that are like, this guy's lost his mind. <laughs> like, what? Like, I, I've had longtime friends unfollow me because they're like, I can't believe what you're posting on social media. It's like, what, what have you been drinking? I'm like, no, that's the problem is I wasn't drinking. If I was drinking, I'd send out cheerful tweets and talk about, hey, the ground round. Remember that? Oh, I found yeah. one left that's outside of Toledo. I would is talk that right? About that. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make a road trip. Yeah. Uh, but like all the, you know, fun chain restaurants I like to talk about. But if you're seeing things like be sober and talking that's me i'm not drinking right there when i'm complaining about the governor health orders and stuff like that so it's like if i've lost my mind it's not because i'm drinking it's probably because i need to drink more but i'm not saying don't to drink more last thing i'll ask you before i let you get back to work and all that um what are it's probably case by case for a lot of people but Mm -hmm. those warning signs where you, you know you talked about those times where you would start getting depressed and you would get to that point but sometimes it's not just depression. It's people who, because, you know, when you talk about, oh, you can't get addicted to marijuana, but I think of people get addicted to wanting to get high. Yeah. I think there's a feeling yeah. of people that it's not so much the drug that, quote unquote, that you are ingesting. It's more so, I can't wait for 420 the and a school bus and like that whole thing. And that's where you talk about it, what that can lead into yeah. as well. Is there a warning sign of people? Because people, a lot of times, you, you know, you want to do coke, and you just like, oh, I just want to have fun. Because when you do coke, you're in, you feel like you're at the club. It's Saturday night. Right. Sandstorm is playing. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you, but in reality, it's a Wednesday at six thirty p.m. and you're waiting for Jeopardy to start. Right, you're, you're in like, your underwear but, on your futon. <laughs> so it's like it's not always just the depressive feeling of yeah. wanting to get high, wanting to get drunk. So I guess what's a warning sign for people who might be listening to this who feel like I didn't think I had a problem until somebody started pointing out that. No, you will actually do have an issue. Yeah, and like you said, it's case by case, and everybody's different. And I mentioned earlier that I was that want to go out and want to do the next thing and go to the next party, no matter what time, no matter what. It what one of the biggest warning signs I can look back on was me not wanting to do that, still wanting to party and drink and get high, but not wanting to do it with other people. I'd start at the bar and I'd end up at my apartment, and that's where I wanted to be, and I'd lock the doors. And I wouldn't, I'd cancel plans, you know, things I normally would love to do because I'd rather drink than go see a movie with my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I'd rather drink. I love concerts. I talked to, you know, 19 fish shows, you know, I would cancel going to see. I left Trey early at House of Blues. Trey Anastasio, the lead singer and guitarist from Fish, was playing in my backyard at House of Blues. And I left early because I wanted to go and you know, get more fucked up. <laughs> so I think the doing things differently than you normally did. Okay. Um, not wanting to be isolating. They talk about isolating. That's very dangerous. Uh, for me, it was, um, avoiding people. I avoided, I went for periods where I wouldn't talk to my family for like months and I'm a family guy. Yeah. You know, like I love my family. Um, but I avoided them. My dad would show up at my apartment, and I would pretend that I wasn't there. Like, like, were there also times where you didn't talk to your family because maybe you embarrassed yourself at a family party, and you're like, I'm ashamed to, um, or with friends, too? Not really. I mean, maybe they might tell you a different story <laughs> that I did embarrass. I don't think I was that, you know, like bull in a china shop kind of drunk. Sometimes, yeah, maybe, but I don't know. Um, I don't know if it was necessary. There were sometimes. I will say, there were sometimes I wouldn't talk to my family because I was ashamed of what I was doing without them knowing it. Okay, I got you. know, you. where I was taking care of my business before I got to, you know, 
like before I got to like my niece's party or something like that. Gotcha. You know? Okay. So there were times where I avoid them because I knew what I was doing to myself that they didn't know yet. So, yeah, I mean, it, warning signs are funny things, man. You don't see them until it's really dead right in your face. And it, hopefully it's just not too late. And you have, I'm sure you have friends in a support group that kind of, that maybe, are they also sober or are they just going to be like, now, do you feel like you're not getting invited to things because <laughs> they're like, oh no, see, we're going to go out and have, have fun. That's a couple, but Ryan's there. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Now my good friends, my close circle knows me that uh, I'd rather not be invited to things. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I'm just at that point. Um, but no, not necessarily to that extent, but I do have a very close circle of friends friends that go back to high school mm -hmm. who are not sober, um, but who know that I need to be sober. I, you know, I was thinking about that. Uh, I have a friend, of, uh, one of my best friends. I think there has only been maybe one time in the last 12 years that we have not been drinking yeah. or smoking pot or anything around <laughs> or any other substance, whatever's around. And I think it was one time I lived not far from where he had a meeting and I rode my bike over yeah. and met, met him for lunch and we had a sandwich or yeah. something. And I'm like, wow, that was the only time we're not just getting trashed or, or even if it's just one drink, it's like, wow, our whole friendship, right. even though we've known each other since 1998 and didn't drink the first 10 years we knew each yeah. other. Now the last 10 years, it's just, it's, oh, hey, we're getting together. Crack, <laughs> crack open, have a cigar. But that's where for, for us it ends is One, have a cigar and, you know, we kind of calm the night down. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's a wonderful thing. It's a very positive thing. I have found in sobriety that I knew more people that all I had in common with was alcohol. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, they're like, hey, we got to hang out. And we do. And I'm just like, this sucks. Yeah, yeah. I realized like, that. Wow, you were more fun when right when I was drunk. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, but just you know, it's a it's a slippery slope. Yeah. Uh, well, if anybody if anybody has similar things, uh, I'm assuming they could find you on social media. Yeah. If if they hear this and they say, look, I I'm kind of experiencing the same things. So yeah. Hit hit you up and maybe you could be a sponsor to somebody. Oh gosh, well, I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot of responsibility, but uh, no, I I'm my. My proverbial door is always open, and I'm absolutely willing to talk with anybody who thinks that they might have a problem. That's, okay. I, I'm happy to do that. All right. Well, very nice. Well, I, I hope uh, that, you know, if people have an issue and they heard this, they could go like, okay, I had experienced some of those things. I should probably find somebody. Or maybe they just like the podcast. They just enjoyed the stories. And they're like, oh, that's great. Crack open a beer. And like, yeah, Don't I guess call I'll, me then. Yeah, I guess I'll listen to this. And boy, you, this podcast, the second time I listened to it was much funnier after I was drinking. Yeah, so, that might be the case. Yeah. So, uh, well, I appreciate you being here oh, and, thanks, and doing this. I'm going to put this out pretty soon. And I'm going to end on a fish song that I don't know if you like it or not. <laughs> this is uh, the, uh this is most hated fish songs really? on a list. Yeah, really? people do not like this song. This is foam, yes. I like foam. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. This is a six and a half minute song, so that's uh, not that long. Ah, but I've One actually seen ones. I've seen foam live. Where they jammed it out for 15 plus minutes. 15, so. okay, yes, yeah. of course. That there's no boundaries to put on fish. I see this is on the same album as the Contact song. Yes. <laughs> so uh, it must be everyone's favorite album there. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you folks for listening to the Check Your Brain podcast. Again, if you heard this uh, for free, I am on Patreon. For five bucks a month, you get four to five podcasts per week. And 
hear my rants and raves on things. You get free, or I should say not free, but early access to guests. You get uh, all these other fun things. You hear me on other podcasts, and so it's a good time. So if you uh, do not subscribe yet, it's just five bucks a month. If not, you just are a freeloader and you want to subscribe to the free podcasts every Wednesday. Well, they come out... uh, every Wednesday. So thank you for listening and being a part of this uh, usual nonsense. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. And we have uh, some good guests coming up on the horizon, as we like to say. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And we will talk to you very, very soon. Here, if it wasn't for the-